Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. This season in this Christmas at the movies, uh, people are saying, man, I didn't know there was so much seeing God. But you know what amazing is? Uh, you can see God wherever you look. Uh, these parables that we're looking at. Now, it doesn't mean that we necessarily endorse every one of these films. Last week was a miracle on 34th Street. Uh, and then today we're looking at The Grinch. Next week, The Wonderful Life. And then Christmas Eve, Polar Express. And then uh, the uh, Sunday after Christmas, Die Hard with Pastor Tim. I would encourage you to watch that on TBS or someone that puts a filter on some of the language that's there. So just want to say it's not like your good movie or like some of the others. And I'd also like to say you remember that some of these movies were cast years and years and years and years ago. So you may not see racial equity the way that it should be in some of these movies. So please overlook those. Realize that was then and we hope that now is better. Uh, also, you've version. Uh, we have a new Bible study, so if you go to the website and scroll down there, it's called The Journey to Christmas 24-7. It's really good. It'll take us right into Christmas Eve, so join us. Go to thefathershouse.com, scroll down till you come to the journey, say, I want to join this, and it'll be great you join with us at that time, okay? Well, the Grinch came today, and his heart's growing, so we're believing that he'll learn how to smile before today is over, all right? Thank God for all of our people. Well, if you have your Bible, let's say our confession that we're saying together. Let's say it. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today, I receive the Word. I confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you today for your love. Wow, it's been a great morning. Thank you for those whose lives were changed in the first service. Thank you for um, speaking to us from your word and from Simone's testimony. And so today, Lord, we come again and we just say, Lord, uh, without you, I can't do this. I need you. Holy Spirit, you come, you anoint today. Help me to say what you want me to say and not to say anything you don't want me to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, the Grinch Who Stole Christmas, 1966, first time it was shown, 22 minutes, and uh, it was uh, there, the result of a cartoon, and then in 2000, uh, Ron Howard uh, repro reproduced that in Christmas uh, with Jim Carrey, uh, and it was much better, and it gives us a whole lot more insight. The whole story is about a hairy green guy that's trying to stop Christmas. I hope nobody here today is trying to stop Christmas. Look around. Do you see anybody that looks like a Grinch in here today? If they have a small heart, we hope that today their heart gets enlarged, right? We don't need any more Grinches. we got enough of those on social media. By the way, if you're a Grinch that always stirs up, stirs up difficulty, I hope you'll rethink your position. Uh, it's amazing sometimes when I see Christians, what they post, knowing that it's going to offend somebody else and stir somebody else up. 
say, well, that's my political standing. Yeah, that's your political standing. But when you come to the Father's house and people know you come here and you post something on social media that is directly to stir up people, our world is full of enough anger already, full of enough. So what does it do for you when you say, yeah, I said that right, didn't I there? And you get a bunch of likes and other people. So what's that do for you? What's it do for you? What did it do for the kingdom? Well, I didn't say that in the first service, so somebody needed it in this service. Let me talk about the original Grinch before the Harry Green guy. His name was Herod. He tried to stop Christmas before it ever came. Look at this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. Then Herod called the Magi, secretly found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me that I may go and worship him. Now we know that he doesn't want to worship him. He wants to stop Christmas before Christmas ever starts. And the reason is, he had a small heart, a shriveled up heart. When we look in the... um, Jim Carrey version of the Grinch, we find out why the Grinch had a small, wounded heart. As a child, he came into Whoville, as all little babies came, on an umbrella. And uh, he didn't look like the others. Uh, He didn't act like them, but yet the Whoville uh, family loved him, took care of him. In the eighth grade, he's got a beard. And in the eighth grade, he finds he has a crush on Martha May. And Martha May likes him. So uh, in that story that we're going to look at, we're going to get a hint at why his heart started shriveling. Watch. For some reason, when he came home that day, he really got into the Christmas spirit for the first time. Baby, picture you and Perfect. me. Perfect. Hanging around a Christmas tree. Whoopee. Colored lights and an angel of a bar. Christmas of love. chance with her. You're eight years old and you have a beard. <laughs> Look at that hat job. Has everyone given their gifts? I haven't. Why do you have a bag on your head? Probably because he's embarrassed by that idiot's gift. <laughs> Mr. Grinch, please take the bag off. Yes, you take it off. Hmm? 
Put the book down. And your foot. Look at that hack job! <laughs> day when they were so cruel to him and I could hardly bear it Something happened that day that his heart began to shrivel up. What are the reasons for a small heart? Well, there may be lots, but I just want to look at one today. One of the reasons for a small heart is the wounds of our past. The wounds of our past. I mean, you could, some of you could almost feel uh, the wounded heart as you're watching that clip because you've been there. You've been to the place where you felt rejected, that you didn't fit in, that everybody was laughing at you, and, and you weren't just quite right. But, you know, there's a lot of reasons that we have a wounded heart. It, always, it doesn't always happen when we were a kid. Sometimes it happens after we were married. Sometimes it happens after we're an adult. We go through a divorce. We go through humiliation. Uh, we go through bitterness. Maybe you were raised in a family that was constant chaos and inconsistency. Maybe you never felt good enough. Maybe you were rejected while you were a child. Your parent didn't want you. Um, and even though they may not have left, you knew that you weren't wanted in that family. Maybe it was uh, neglect or abuse. Maybe it's taunting, humiliation, devaluation, living with constant criticism, being rejected, you don't fit in. Or maybe you wounded yourself. You look back and you say, the wound that I'm dealing with now as an adult is something that I did to myself. And you've never dealt with that wound. You feel like you need to carry that wound because it helps you deal with what you did wrong. When I look at this story, I think maybe we're like that, and we say, you know, I'm imperfect. I, I, I'm inadequate. I don't find. So look at the, look what happens from from a wound. Look what happens. First of all, is isolation. Isolation. The Grinch wanted to run away. He wanted to live in the mountains. So he lived there the rest of his life until the very end, at the end of the movie. And he would be in there all by himself, and the town was celebrating Christmas, and he'd say, oh, I love this cave. I love to be here by myself. I love all of that. And you knew that the way he was saying it, he really didn't love that. You say, well, isolation. Well, I'm not a hermit. I, no, I'm talking about isolation from others. You constantly have a tough time building relationships. You push people away. Because you've been hurt, because you've been wounded, you say, I'm, I'm never going to let anybody get that close to me again. 
Even some of you that are remarried came out of bitter, bad situations. And sometimes your spouse needs to remind you, I'm not the one who hurt you. Because we bring that same feeling in. You see, if we don't acknowledge our wounds, we'll try drowning out the wounds. In the movie, uh, the music is coming, and so what does the Grinch do? He puts a pillow over his head, and he's got that big, huge monkey that's doing the symbols like this. And what does he do? He sticks his head in the middle of that, and he turns on the blender with all the the noise so that he can cut out the noise of the town that reminds him of Christmas, that reminds him of the wound that he had. What do you do? What do you do to try to silence the wound? What do you do? Do you turn to a bottle? Do you turn to pills? When difficulty happens and it reminds you of some of the situations that you were in, then do you immediately turn to that? I should tell you that you're no different than the Grinch trying to silence this wound. Maybe you get angry. Maybe that's the way you handle it. Something goes wrong, you get angry. Uh, or maybe it's you reject other people or you turn into depression or you look at the internet, pornography, whatever you can to drown out the noise. Wounds manifest in different ways. Isolation. Sometimes it's uh, lust for power and control. The Grinch wanted to be in control, right? He wanted to stop Christmas. He wanted to say to the townspeople, I don't want you to enjoy Christmas. I'm not going to enjoy Christmas. So I'm going to be in control and I'm going to handle this. Wow. Do you ever wonder why you always have to be in charge? You walk into a room and you always take charge. You want everybody to know you're in control. You walk into a marriage, it's the same way. You walk into a relationship. What makes you that way? What may, maybe if you rewind, you find a wound that's caused you to be that way. What is it? We know as Herod, he wouldn't allow anybody to rival his power. He was suspicious of everyone. It was a lust for control because of his small heart. He murdered his wife, Mary Ann. He murdered her mother. He killed his oldest son, and then later he killed his other two sons. All were assassinated by Herod because of the lust for power and control. Augustus said, it's safer to be Herod's pig than to be his son. His heart was so small that when it was time for him to die, he went to Jericho, a lovely city, a lovely, beautiful city. And he had the soldiers to arrest some of the key leaders from Jericho and from Jerusalem and lock them up. And he said to them, when I die, I want you to kill these people because I know that no one will shed a tear for me when I die, but still in control, I want to be sure that there are tears in Jerusalem and tears in Jericho. His heart was small. Sometimes it's not only the isolation or the lust for power or control, but it's we move into pretending and performing. Wow. The Grinch pretends to be Santa Claus. Puts on the uniform, puts on the outfit, and he takes his big mobile that he has, sucks up all the presents, sucks up all the food, doing everything that he can. Pretending, pretending. I don't want anybody to see me who I really am. Put on that mask. We know that Herod 
it appeared to be a great leader. He ruled from 40 B.C. to 4 B.C. He rebuilt the temple in Jerusalem, but he had a character flaw. He wanted everybody to worship him. And so he pretended, always pretending that he was somebody that he wasn't. The verse in Matthew 2 and 16 says, When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time that he had learned from the Magi. He realized the Magi were not going to come back and tell him where they found the Christ child. Because remember, uh, they had a dream and said, go home a different way. So because of his lust for power, because he didn't want anybody to know who he really was, he said, okay, I'll stop Christmas before it starts. According to my calculations, the new king would be somewhere between two and under. So we're going to mass kill every kid in this whole region that's two and under. I'll stop this Christmas before it ever begins. What about you? How much longer are you going to pretend? How much longer are you going to put on your pretty mask? Oh, I've got it all together. I love Jesus. Jesus is wonderful to me. And all, this, and all the time you know that's not who you are in your heart. You know that. So we pretend. Because we're worried about how somebody will see us if they really knew who we were. What if, what if the person sitting beside me really knew me for who I am, for what I did yesterday, for what I thought last night, for what I even thought while we're in service today? And so we put on a mask and we pretend. And life doesn't get any better because we just go through pretension. Where do you find yourself today? regardless of where you find yourself I want to tell you today about Jesus Emmanuel, God with us he came to transform our hearts how many of you know by raising a hand or clapping or a hoot or a holler uh, that Jesus has transformed your life if you believe that today would you give him a hand how do we, how do we change a small wounded heart well it all starts with this that we have to expose it to the light of love. We have to expose our heart to the light of love. That's what Cindy Lou did. Cindy Lou was not afraid of the Grinch. She finds out the story of how that uh, he was wounded as a, as a kid, but she went all the way up the mountain in the cold to go to the Grinch and to tell him, I've talked the townspeople into making you and receiving an award because you don't need to live here by yourself. She went beyond the darkness and the cold to expose him to light. We've given you out a couple of weeks ago these little invite cards, right? I've, I had to get some more tomorrow, so we've got some more for you. Ushers, come on, pass the buckets, reach in there, take some more invite cards, because these invite cards we can use to reach people and to expose them to the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. So maybe you give this to somebody at the restaurant, or maybe you put it up on a bulletin board, or maybe you leave it somewhere, and at that critical time in their life when the Holy Spirit is really speaking to their heart, they just so happen to look at your card, and they look at it. Christmas at the movies, Jingle Jam, Sunday services, Christmas Eve, Christmas at the movies? This must be a weird church. And they look on the back, the Father's house, a weird place. 
but I'm weird, so maybe I'll fit in. So on that day, the Holy Spirit draws them, and they come to church. They see our great parking lot team outside, and they have great smiles. They have tattoos. They have regular clothes, and they, and they look like regular people. And so they get out. They walk in, come to the front door, and there they see people that, you know, maybe look like them. And uh, they don't feel bad anymore because they don't have on Sunday clothes, right? You know, neckties cause cancer, so, you know, so you shouldn't wear it much. And so then they come in and they sit down. And, they, and they, they like the music. Whoa, this is really rocking, man. I like this. And at the time, it's to greet. You look at them and you smile at them. And they think, whoa, I wasn't judged because of how I look. And then they get to the, the movie and they get to the teaching. And they say, whoa, I like those clips. I didn't care much for the preaching, but I like the clips. But then when it comes to the time for the invitation for people's hearts to change, the Holy Spirit speaks to their heart. And it's like one of those times that they say, you know, I'm not going to make that decision, but yet they make that decision. And they give their heart to the Lord. Now fast forward 100 years. You see, nothing you do for the Lord is ever done in vain. Fast forward 100 years. And somebody comes up to you and says, Thurman, the Lord revealed to me, you're the dude who put that card up on the wall at the office. Thurman, because you went into the darkness and you put a ray of light. I came to church that Sunday. And Thurman, I'm serving the Lord and all of my family serve the Lord. And now we're here eternity with you because you cared enough to climb up the mountain and to give a ray of light. Maybe that you buy something for somebody at Christmas, or you pray for someone, or you do something. The Father's house is all about extending that light in practical ways. Romans 5 and 8 says, God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated his love. So how can my heart be transformed? My heart can be transformed because it's exposed to the light of his love. And second of all, because I accept the gift of Jesus Christ. It's not enough just to be exposed to light and come here, but I need to open up that gift. I hope nobody here has a Christmas gift in the back closet that you've never opened. If you have, send it to me. I'll open it. I like gifts. Some of you come to church over and over and over in your life, and you love Jesus. You think he's a cool dude, but you've never opened the gift of his love and let him forgive you of your sins. I love this verse. Would you read it with me, these, these three verses? They're on the screen. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Wow. So today, salvation and grace is yours if you accept Jesus. The third part of this process, exposed to the light of the love, accept the gift of Jesus, and then embrace the power and the process of God's healing. Embrace the power and the process of God's healing. So, yeah, I give my heart to the Lord. I open up the gift. But sometimes we've never dealt with a wound. 
And until we lean into and deal with that wound, we're never going to live that John 10 and 10 life free and abundant. You see, some of you start, you've gone to counseling, you started, but when it got a little hard dealing with that wound, you quit. You went to celebrate recovery. You got so far, and then it was emotionally charging you up that, that you quit. Many of you went to counseling, and you got to a place, and then, 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 you, then you quit. How much longer? How much longer are you going to live a life of misery? Knowing you're saved, you're on your way to heaven. But because you've never leaned in and dealt with that wound, you're still struggling. I want you to hear a fabulous testimony today from Simone, uh, who, by the way, congratulations, just graduated with her, uh, her degree from uh, Bible College, and she's got a great story. Would you welcome her as she comes at this time, Simone? Good morning. Good morning. My name is Simone Baker, and I'm the ministry intern here at the Father's House. Today, I want to share a story with you that is dear to my heart. It is a story about becoming an overcomer. It's dear to my heart because it's my story. Um, before we go to that, let's go into the scripture so I can just um, tell you a little bit about what God says about being an overcomer. John 16:3. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Awesome. God's word is very important, and it's also important to be covered by his word. Yes. All my life, I was always covered by God's word, by my grandmother. She had always prayed for me and always cared for me, and she loved me from the day that I was born. She's been praying. My mother gave me to uh, my aunt when I was a baby in Jamaica. Wow. And at two years old, my mother then gave me over to my grandmother. My grandmother did such a great job caring for me and continuing to cover me in prayer. And one day, I had a car accident. Uh, I was nine years old. The car hit me so violently that I almost hit the top of the train tracks. They called my grandmother to tell her that I had had an accident. And when they called her, would you believe what she was doing? <laughs> she was praying yeah, for me. She had the daily word, what she read every morning. And on the back of the daily word, there was a number. Her immediate response to my, the hearing of my accident was to call the number, which was based in Connecticut. When she called them, they told her they had already received the message. Wow. And they had already been praying for me. Wow. She went to the hospital, and there she found the priest of my school, my principal from my school, and my teacher. She didn't understand how they had already received the message and were already there praying for me. Before they took me in for x-rays to see what was going on internally, if I had broken anything, they had surrounded my bed and made a circle and prayed for me. Again, I was covered in prayer by my grandmother. After they prayed for me, they wheeled me in, and when they came back, they found nothing wrong wow. at all. Amen. No broken bones, nothing. We all make mistakes throughout life, and we all take the wrong path. We have a fork in life, and we can go to the right or to the left. A lot of times, I went to the left and not to the right. 
I was married at 20 years old to my first husband, and we were forced to get married, or pushed to get married, I would say, because at 19, I was pregnant with my, my daughter, uh, Michaela, and so we were pushed that it was important for us to get married. Financially, it was very difficult for us. We were young, and we were just having a very hard time. He had a family member that told him that, well, she was an exotic dancer, and she told him that for, me, for us to get better financially, for us to get out of our rut, the best thing to do is to have me work with her. He came home, and he talked to me about it, and I agreed. That was going to be our way out. He drove me there in silence for my first night. We drove in silence. We parked. We sat in silence. And then I went in. I lost a lot of respect for that man that night. I felt that he should have protected me. I felt that he shouldn't have let me go there. I felt that he shouldn't have driven me there. But when I look back on that, he probably lost respect for me too. So I don't blame him anymore. He probably felt that I should have said no. I shouldn't have actually walked through the doors. I should have kept my seatbelt on and stayed in there. So we didn't do good after that. Years later, he was gone, and I was left with two kids and a mortgage. I worked at the airport in the day, and I was still working at night. I was drinking energy shots so that I can stay awake, working two jobs and taking care of my babies. I met a friend at the airport who she was very kind to me. I saw her like an angel. And something that I want a lot of young people to understand is the devil was once an angel. Oh, that's good, yeah. A beautiful angel. So whenever you have a friend that comes into your life, be careful because not all of your friends mean you well and not everyone comes into your life to help you. Sometimes the enemy sends someone into your life to harm you. Wow. And wow. she was sent to harm me. But again, I always had a praying grandmother. She told me that she had something, I must say, from our friendship, we then became a relationship. She told me that she had something that would help me better than the five-hour drinks that I had. And I trusted her because now she's even closer to a friend. She's in a relationship with me. I trusted her. She poured out a white powder, and she put it in front of me and put it to my nose. And she said, now breathe. And I did. And that was a very defining moment in a negative way for my life. I went spiraling down, and it opened a craving within me that I had never felt in my life. I could never quench that craving, no matter how hard I tried. I kept looking for it over and over again. Whenever I went down, immediately I went for it again. And I was up, and I'd go worse, and I'd need it again. It was a vicious, vicious cycle. Fast forwarding a little bit, I met Thurman, who is now my husband. And we, he, he helped me find joy in my life again a little bit. Um, we laughed. I had a good time with him. And then we became to where we lived together. He knew of my addiction. And one night I left. I was leaving, and I was going to buy again what I needed. And he stopped me at the door. And he said, this is enough. If we are going to be a couple, I need you to stop. 
and I did. The Holy Spirit is in yes, that man. Amen. The Holy Spirit is in that man, and I'm so grateful to him. So here we are now. He has a daughter. I have two kids, and we're living together. We're living a happy life. We're going to church. We're not married, but it looks like we are, mm -hmm. and everything is good. I no longer have my addiction. I still struggled, but life is good, right? Right. No. Wrong. The Holy Spirit did not agree with my life still. Ooh. I'm laying in bed after we put the kids to sleep. We cook dinner like this perfect family. We go to sleep and are in the bed, and immediately I just popped up out of the bed, and the Holy Spirit just had these words come out of my mouth. I can't stay here anymore. Wow. He didn't understand why, but I just knew I had to follow the prompting of the Spirit. And I went into another room, and I locked myself in there as he's pleading to the door, what's going on? And I just said, I can't live here anymore. I laid in the bed, and I turned on the radio. And what's playing? Z88. I don't know if you're familiar with that <laughs> station, but it's a local Christian station. Yeah. I didn't know it, but I know that it lulled me to sleep that night. The next day, I searched for a home, and I found a house, but I did not qualify for it because I didn't have the credit. Again, this is a God thing. Here I tell this man, I can't live with you anymore. I've got to go. And he says to me, put the house in my name. Wow. He doesn't even know what I'm doing, where I'm going, what's going on. He trusts God, and in his heart, he says, put the house in my name. And we did. I had that house. We had the three kids there. He had his place. So as a young couple, financial, we, we lived two, two houses. We had to pay for two houses, two lights. It was not easy. But there was no way I was going back on what God had for me. Wow, wow. He would come over, have dinner, and go home. He would come over and pretend to fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> and I'd wake him up and send him home. <laughs> he would hug me a little too tight, and I would say, that's enough, and send him good, home. Good, good for you. Eventually, that didn't last very long, and he asked me to marry him. <laughs> Yay, Thurman! <laughs> so the point to my story, here we are, years later, and God has blessed us so much. I do believe that had that moment when God said, go, and go now, had I not listened, that fork in the road where I could have went right or left, if I would have went left, I don't believe we would be where we are today. Today, we own a salon and spa. We have five beautiful kids. Wow. They're in college, in the Air Force, doing well. And my story doesn't quite end there. In the salon, I felt the calling to get into ministry. Because as I'm touching heads, I'm praying over them, and God is speaking to my heart. I just graduated recently from my bachelor's in ministry. And now I can have the name of pastor before my name after all of that. After all of that, God took the dirty that I was <laughs> yeah. and turned me into actually yes. something that's yes. good. <laughs> Praise God. So my mission now is to go back into the past sometimes and to grab a hold of someone who's going through anything, whether woman or man, it doesn't matter. But now I will go back in for you in that painful time and I will remember what I've been through because I know that you may be stuck there. And we will walk out together, hand in hand, because we will be victorious against this battle that's happening here in this world. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Wow.
Wow. See, God is not a respecter of persons. Now, you may have never had any of those, and your wound may not have been like her wound, but there's something there in your life. This Saturday, I would encourage you to be here at our Freedom Encounter. This is the second one we've had. And it's from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. You don't have to sign up. It's a powerful time of worship, prayer, and teaching. You can sign up if you want to know that we're here, but I'm going to tell you, you don't have to sign up if you want to just show up on this Saturday morning. You're going to hear more testimonies just like that. You're going to experience an inner healing. Because some of you have gone to counseling You've started growth track and didn't get all the way through. It's just a story of your life. You started and stopped, started and stopped. You joined a life group. The life group began to really touch some of your heart, and then just you dropped out of life group. And you started coming to church, and God was dealing with you, and the enemy's dealing with you at the same time because of that wound, that rejection, that bitterness, what you did to yourself. Saved? Yep, probably on your way to heaven. But you're not living the John 10, 10 life. I want you to have a life and have it more abundantly. Simone, we're so proud of you for sharing that because I know it wasn't easy. I know it wasn't easy. A few weeks ago, I asked Simone to share her story. She broke down in tears. She said, I've never shared my story because I've worked so hard at this image she said, I've written the book, but I've never shared my story. So she and Thurman got together with the Lord, and Thurman said, it's time, it's time. But you know what? I'm so glad she took the mask off. Because some of you, it'll be the key to you finding the abundant life. That maybe some of you today have never invited Jesus into your heart. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes just to concentrate on your life where you are right now? Christmas season is an amazing time because of the good news that Jesus came to be with us. Jesus is God's only son. Jesus, God sent him. He lived a perfect life, no sin in his life, but because of the sin in my life, he died on the cross to pay for my offenses to forgive me of my sin. But on the third day, he rose. The tomb couldn't hold him. Why? Why did he do that? So that you, so that anyone, that includes you, who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved and forgiven. The amazing grace of God, no matter how dark your past is, no matter how many times that you've let people down, he will hear your prayer today. I'm going to pray for those of you that have wounds and you need to deal with those wounds in just a minute. But first of all, I want to pray for those of you who recognize you need God's grace. You need his forgiveness. You're not here by accident today of all days for you to be. And you're not watching online today on the other side of that computer screen by accident. That the Lord wanted you to know today 
that today is your day. If you would say today, Terry, I need the forgiveness of God. I really need this. I need his grace. I really need to surrender my life today and trust him. If that's you, as the church is praying, would you just raise your hand and make eye contact with me? Thank you. Say, yeah, that's me. Others over here, 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 over here, over here, back here. Others that say, yeah, that's me over here. Thank you. That's me. Today's the day in which that I'm going to open that gift of his salvation and invite him into my life. And those of you that are watching online the same way, just lift your hand right there. I know it may feel a little strange, but just lift your hand right there. You've been exposed to the light long enough. Now it's time to allow the light to come into your heart and into your life. Let me lead you in a prayer. I can give you the words, but you have to surrender the heart. Pray it with me. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins, to forgive me of my past, give me a hope for tomorrow and a reason for living. I love you, Lord. And as best as I know how, I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Church, would you celebrate with me with those who prayed that prayer today? Now, I want to pray for some of you that feel today, say, you know what? When Simone was talking about that today, the Holy Spirit really opened up some wounds in my heart. I've started dealing with them from time past, but I've never really dealt with them all the way. Maybe that feeling of rejection, feeling of you never fit in, was never loved, never appreciated. Today, I'd like you to take out that connection card and on the back where it says, my next step today, I'd like you to write in there what you feel like the Lord is saying to you. Maybe you say, you know what? I need to come to the freedom encounter. I need to deal with the wound that I did for myself. I need to deal with the rejection, the harassment, the abuse. I need to deal with the bitterness. Would you help me to pray that I can do that? So if you write that on the connection card, then we'll pray for you this week. But I want to pray for you today. And those of you that are watching online, you can just chat right there with the chat host and tell them what need that you have. Father, I pray today for those that are in the house and those that are watching online, those that will watch this later. I pray, Lord, for those that are suffering with that wound. I didn't have to point out the wound, but as soon as I started talking about wounds, Holy Spirit, you reveal that wound. Some of them happened when you were a kid. Some of them happened when you were in school. Some of them happened when you were married. Some of them happened just recently. And I'm praying that the Lord would help you to take the next step to lean into that and to deal with it. To deal with it. To deal with it. Give us grace. Give us mercy. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for coming today. I hope this made sense to you. Next week, we'll have another great teaching. It's going to be great. Let's listen to what God would say to us. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.
Don't forget the Leave a Legacy offering that we're working